This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Here's Speroni, who rolls the ball out to Cannon. He's got options in front of him. He picks out Thomas. This is a nice-looking move from Palace. That's a neat ball to Ambrose, where space on the right. Good turn. He crosses into Johnson! Oh, yes! Back of the nest! Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Back of the Nest preview podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford of redandbluearmy.co.uk. And, Mayor, I welcome you to the joint transfer deadline and preview special. Albert and Heskip are here with me to kickstart the new season of up and downs in South London that we all hope will be greater than next season. We'll be talking Jordan Ayew, Max Meyer and more, our trip to Craven Cottage on Sunday before making some outrageous predictions for the coming season. All that's left to be said is... Are you ready? Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Right, I've started the season off with about 15 puns there. Um, Albert, you can take responsibility for a few of them. I I had nothing to do with it, mate. (laughs) Don't try and pass the buck on to me. <laughs> I'm going to screen grab the Facebook message you sent me with that intro and just post it to the world so everyone That's knows you're a liar. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to the new season. Back at the nest under the new guys. With some old guys. With some old guys. <laughs> and the, one of the other old guys who probably is an old guy now, Heskiff. Welcome back to the new season, sir. Well, what a great start to the new year. Uh, so I think I am the oldest one out of a lot of us, actually, which is a bit annoying. But um, happy birthday to you, mate. We're recording it on your birthday, which shows how much you love doing this pod. Yeah, just because um, you're older than all of us, mate, I thought I'd try to catch you up in a year today, just because just you're one of my boys, you know? Much appreciated, mate. You've got a long way to go before you get pure as grey as I am, though. Yeah, well, I turned 36 today, and nothing says you've turned 36 like getting only one present that is a suitcase. <laughs> uh, you asked for that? Well, I kind of needed one, but, you know. Was it full, with, full of your own clothes? Is it, a, <laughs> is it actually not a present and an invitation to leave the marital home? 
Yeah, one year in and a wife's already had enough. <laughs> Maybe she took offence to me uh, calling her now my second favourite German after we signed Max Meyer, so... <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, she took it well, she took it well. So, um... right, anyway, so today has been transfer deadline day, or at least the day of recording has. Um, very, very weird. A, falling on my birthday, which is way earlier than normal, and, of course, finishing at five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, you could see the devastation throughout Sky Sports. They couldn't even get their um, A-line pundits on because they probably don't get out of bed before 5pm. So they had uh, Sam Allardyce on there. And, of course, Sam Allardyce would never miss an opportunity to make some money on deadline day. Um, I'm just – the only surprise was that Harry Redknapp wasn't sitting next to him. But So it all closed down at 5 o'clock. Um, but before all of that, we got some business done very early. Of course, all the way back in January, we signed Vicente Guaita. Um, Heskiff, have you seen any of the pre-seasons? What did you think of Guaita? Um, unfortunately, I wasn't at the Toulouse game because I was in Iceland in the middle of nowhere, um, seeing geezers and you know other various boring things. Um I did get a text from Miserable Day telling me that he was at fault for the goal, so that was nice. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've, I've only seen uh, highlights of the friendlies, to be honest. So I've not really seen much of him at all, unfortunately. Um, but you know, hopefully he's he's settling in well, and he seems to be um, quite happy here, going by his social media output, which is basically daily uh, him picture of him smiling and saying something fairly generic. Um, but yeah I mean it's good that we knew he was coming in in January and that as you say it's done early and we can just you know not worry about that position and let him bed in and hopefully um, eventually if if Hennessy does start the season hopefully uh, Guaita will A push him and B get into the team and, and be as good as we all think he can be well, you say we got it done early. There was, of course, all of the stress building up, saying that maybe he was signing for Atletico Madrid, maybe he was signing for Barcelona, and so on and so on. But, of course, he did turn up. Um, Albert, you went to the Boreham Wood game, didn't you? Yeah, mate. Call yourself he- a fan. <laughs> he was in goal for that one? Yeah, he was. He he didn't have the busiest of nights, obviously. There was a couple of couple of saves he had to pull out. But, you know, we're not talking any worldies. Um I, he, he seemed very confident coming for a cross and was catching them as well, um, mm. which is nice to see. So not, you know, not a lot to judge him on, but there was certainly nothing there to make me think that he's not the answer either. So jury's still out, but I'm hopeful. Yeah, I got the impression from the Toulouse game uh, that he was very, very vocal. Um, I was sitting at the opposite end of the main stand in the first half from where he was and I could hear him like, calling for crosses admittedly it wasn't a sellout obviously but um he seems to be even with his lack of english in in the mood to command his back four so um that's obviously very positive uh he, in the toulouse game he did uh parry the ball out uh to that striker to tap home um i won't be too harsh on it i think it did bounce in front of him a little bit might have been a little bit of a tough save but um you know get those ones early out of the way early in pre-season and all that uh, I saw him play in, I went to the game in Denmark. I didn't make the one in Sweden. Um, yeah, and he played a half there. He was okay. So, you know, he kicks well. He wants to get rid of the ball very quickly. Good distribution. Uh, one of those sort of sidekick goalkeepers that very accurate with it. Has a long throw as well. So, um, 
all in all, pretty positive. Uh, we'll get into later whether we think he will start on Saturday or not. <laughs> um, after Guaita, nothing really until the 1st of August was when Kuata and Maya started getting announced. Um, Heskiff, were you enjoying the social media meltdown when everyone believed that we were going to join um, well, Spurs, I think, in not signing a single player? Yeah, I was trying my best not to be part of it, to be honest. Um, you know, as much as I love to be miserable, I I will always like to worry as well. So, um, yeah, I was trying not to be part of it. I mean, I, to be honest, I, realistically, I, I knew we'd bring players in. Didn't didn't know who or how many, but I would have found it very difficult to believe we wouldn't bring anyone in. Um, so that was, you know, that was always in the back of my mind. But I, I have to admit, when we announced Kiara at midnight, whenever it was that day, um, I did breathe a little bit a little bit easier um, that at least we got one player in in the summer. Um, and then the next day along comes Max Meyer. So, yeah, eventually we got there and I felt fine. But uh, in the build-up, I tried, even though it's impossible to do it, I was trying not to refresh the BBS every two minutes. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I felt miserably. Yeah, Albert, I know you enjoyed the meltdown. You you just stoked the fire all over the place. Yeah, it's just it's all part of the pantomime now, isn't it? Watching people lose their heads, it's great. Um, but I have to say, had had we not signed anybody, I probably would have joined in late in the day. <laughs> um, I think they were saying on Five Live today that Spurs are the first team to not sign a player in the in a, in a transfer window since it was introduced. So wow. you can imagine what, if we'd have joined that club, you can imagine what the meltdown would have been like. It's mad though, isn't it? Because all through the summer, Spurs fans are telling us that Wilf was going to sign for them. <laughs> a bit weird that didn't happen. Yes, certainly. Um, quite a few prominent Spurs count, accounts across social media were very like sure that he was going to join them. And why would he not? If Spurs won him, surely he'd leave Crystal Palace. So, Or um, get ready for the bleep machine, Mikey. Crystal f- Palace, as we appear to have come over this transfer window, especially when we signed Max Meyer. Um, a lot of teams absolutely shocked that uh, we got him, uh, especially teams like Spurs saying along the lines of if Crystal in Palace are signing Max Meyer, how comes we're not signing anyone? Um, Heskiff, Albert, either of you ever seen Meyer play before? I mean, of course, he played in the friendly at uh, the beginning of last season when Schalke came to sell us. Um, but have you seen much of him before, Albert? I think I've caught him a, a little bit a little bit uh, for Schalke in the Champions League. But, you know, I can't say I was sitting there willingly studying him. I haven't consciously watched him. So mm. I'm not going to profess to be a European football expert <laughs> scout and, and give you what his attributes are. But, you know, you only have to look at the reaction. You know, it, like I say, not that I want to be sort of, you know, I don't want to paint myself as a envious Spurs fan. But, if, if you know, if Spurs fans are upset that we've got him, then he's got to be half decent, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to be interesting with Spurs. If they if they have a good season, if they still finish in the top four comfortably, it will be interesting to see how teams approach it in the future because I think the whole deadline day pantomime, as you correctly called it, Albert, tells us that you've got to sign players and if you don't sign players, you're standing still. Even our own Steve Parrish said that himself. But if Tottenham with the same crop of players actually say, well, actually, we haven't signed anyone and look at us, we're still going great guns. It'll be interesting to see how teams in the future go about their business in transfer windows to actually say, let's give our current crop a chance, work with them and um, see what we can get out of them. So like I say, 
Uh, it's a wait and watch on that one, but I, I reckon it could change things going forward. Uh, Kuyate, we've obviously seen a fair amount of him, Heskiff, of down the down the years at West Ham. Um, got Clattenburg actually sent him off in a Palace West Ham game, only for it later to be rescinded, obviously, because Mark Clattenburg is trash. Um, but, were you happy with that one? Yeah, I was actually. Um, I, I know that he, the first couple of years, he was really good for them, and I always thought that he was a, a good player. Um, and when we were getting linked to him, I actually spoke to one of my West Ham mates about him, and he said, you know, that the first, I think, two, two and a half years he was there, he was absolutely unbelievable, and they, they really loved him. Um, and that whilst last year he wasn't as good, my mate put it down to the sort of Moyes effect where no one really was that good. Uh, the atmosphere was was awful at the ground and everyone was on top of all the players anyway. Uh, and he finished off by saying that, he, you know, he thinks he could be a player much like James Tompkins, who they re- they will regret selling for as little as they did because, you know, if he comes good, he's a hell of a player. Mm. Um, and that's sort of how I viewed it, really. You know, I, I wanted him when we were linked with him. I thought he'd be a good signing, especially for nine and a half, ten million, whatever it, it was that we paid. Which in today's terms, when you're seeing, you know, James Madison going for 22 million and he, you know, he's not played in the top division. Mm. I think nine and a half million for someone with four years experience um, who I think he captained Senegal in the World Cup as well, Kiate. Indeed. You know, I think that's a really good signing. And when you lose someone like Kabai and you, you've, you've got that hole in midfield that you're wondering how you're going to fill. You know, I, I think getting someone like Kiate in is, is a very good way of dealing with that issue. Yeah, I have a West Ham season ticket holder at work um, who's actually a Liverpool fan who is from Liverpool, but an older guy and he moved down for work and he just wanted to go and watch some football locally. So when they uh, got the new stadium, he got a season ticket and um, he said his only real issue, Kiate, is uh, he lacks concentration sometimes. And um, I found that a really interesting comment because I think that was Patrick van Arnholt's problem a lot of the time before Hodgson arrived and um, we always you can always see that going forward Patrick van Arnholt had something about him but it always get caught out defensively and so on but under Hodgson his concentration has just improved tenfold and he's always always Patrick van Arnholt now performing consistently at a higher level and it'll be interesting to see if that is Kuyate's problem if Hodgson can have the same impact on him because you know, Kiate has all the attributes to be a very, very dominant centre midfielder. Um, in the one-one game at the, the what did they call it? The Taxpayers Stadium. That's the one. Last season, um, Kiate was excellent against us in that game. Really dominant. Um, so I was really happy to see him come in. And I think, much like you say with James Tompkins, it could be another one West Ham regret. But of course, they've been splashing the cash this transfer window. So. You know, West Ham will be claiming they're going to finish top four, I'm sure, um, despite their fans never seeing any of these players ever kick a ball. <laughs> uh, did you feel like that today, Albert? A lot of the transfers, especially Fulham and so on, maybe it's my ignorance of European football on the whole, but a bunch of players going for a lot of money who I've never even heard of. Yeah, it's, it's, it's madness, really. I mean, I was on the sports bar on Tuesday with Terry Gordon, whose, you know, his sort of expertise is La Liga. And he was saying that, something that he's noticed and you have to take his word for it really is that there's a lot of La Liga players coming to the Premier League for big money. And he was, he was questioning, you know, th- those price tags. He said, you know, a lot of them are decent players. 
he said, but you know they haven't. Ju- they don't justify the price tags. Now, obviously, that's a that's indicative of being in the Premier League. The price probably goes up when it's a Premier League club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, today, like you know, you see what Everton have done in the final minutes and Fulham. I mean, Fulham have been sort of almost consistently spending the money for the last whatever sort of four or five weeks. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a different different league now literally isn't it you know you come up you can just do that because you know you're just in for this massive payday yeah even if it's only for one year and you go back down and it's release clauses and a bit of parachute money you know it's it's, it's a no gamble for them really yeah i was very very surprised with um the chelsea uh sign of that goalkeeper uh i always feel like i know a bit about goalkeeping and i've you know <laughs> know who goalkeepers are and i've like never heard of this bloke and he's now the most expensive goalkeeper in the world it's it, it's astounding really that um, such a transfer can take place. And apparently, uh, according to Sky Sports News today, we'll take what you will from that, um, Athletic Bilbao are very, very difficult to deal with. And they just said, nope, he's released clauses, this amount of money. If you want to pay that, you can have him. And in the end, Chelsea just buckled and paid the money, obviously. Because... It's the same with Laporte, isn't it? At City, yeah. you know, that, what was that? that was nearly 60 million quid. So. Yeah. Exactly. Whoever does their negotiating is um is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, maybe we should try and sign in up. We'll be we'll end up getting three hundred million for Wilf in the future. <laughs> um, but then, of course, our business today was one piece only. Um, Jordan Ayew's coming on a season long loan from Swansea, reportedly uh, with an option to buy in January, which would obviously be good because it would free up another loan for us if if he's been successful enough to secure a permanent transfer. Then. Uh, scored a couple times against us last season, Heskiff. I think one was handed on a plate to him, but the other one was a cracker from uh, 20-odd yards out at Swansea. So, happy with that? Yeah, I am happy with that, actually. Um, again, he, he might not be a player that sets you know everyone's excitement levels off in the same way that Chiarty probably didn't, um, and Max Meyer did. But I think if you if you look at what, what we need in the squad, I think he's a good signing. You know, he can play anywhere across the front three. Um, with Loftus-Cheek going back, you need somebody who can play, you know, forward on on the wing a bit, and he can certainly do that. Um, he won a lot of awards at Swansea last year, so much as some of their fans on Twitter reckon he's awful. He won their player of the year. He was their top scorer. Um, I think he won goal of the year as well. Um and you know they people are making a lot of this relegation record, but as we all know, Scott Dan had a bit of a bit of a bad relegation record, and he was you know brilliant when he signed for us. So yeah, I think he's he's a good player. Like you say, getting him on loan with a view to buy is good. It suits all parties. I think um, he obviously wanted to come because he had a bit of a bit of a paddy bowl accounts and didn't turn up for training. Um, but. You know, as you say, if he does well, if he gets a few goals before before January, then it makes sense to to then lock him in permanently, and as you say, freeze up a um, another loan space. And actually, I watched um, uh, a I know it's a YouTube video of him today, um, complete with awful dubstep music, as they all seem to be. <laughs> um, and he's actually a lot better on the ball than I thought he was. I in my head, he was a bit of a backery sacco where he just sort of bundled past players. Um, which is fine, you know, as long as you get past him, I don't really care. But he actually seems pretty good on the ball. Um, and like you say, he's got a shot on him. The, the goal he scored against us at um, at their ground last year was was a bit of a belter. So if he can do that a few times for us this year, then certainly I think he's, he's going to be a, a very good signing. And, you know, with him on the bench, you know, I don't really expect him to start all that often. But with him on the bench, it's a good, it's a good option and someone we can chuck on and cause a bit of chaos when we need to. 
Yeah, and if he finds a way to break into the starting eleven, then obviously he's doing something right. So um, I think it's much of a win-win with him. But it's funny you say he kicked up a paddy and didn't up, turn up for training yesterday. That was peak transfer window stuff yesterday. I absolutely loved it. As someone posting up a picture saying that they DM'd him on Instagram to say, um, oh, like, you know, I thought you were better than that. Why are you not turning up for training? And then he's saying, oh, I was given permission not to turn up to training to talk to another club. And then Swansea have come out and said, no, we didn't give him permission to miss training. Uh, love it. <laughs> love our... Um, it's that Welsh accent. It can be quite tricky sometimes. <laughs> That's very true. Um, especially um, mixing up with a Ghanaian, it might get a little bit confusing. <laughs> but um yeah I, th- I think Jordan and I you as we needed a forward someone who could play across the front three uh adds a little bit of depth up there adds a bit more pace up there adds a goal from range which is something that uh, we could do with adding to our team as well so um I think uh overall it's been it, it was a good day I don't I, I, the only one thing and I don't know if you agree with this Albert is maybe we could have added another centre-back uh yeah i mean i'm I'm probably putting all my eggs in the in the basket by saying well let's hope you know scott dan gets back to fitness and and doesn't struggle like he has done last season and you know if sacco sacco tompkins dan are, are three very decent options for us at the back you know with M- martin kelly as a potential but yeah i think if you know, if we're allowed luxuries, yeah, another centre half would have been nice. Mm. I think one one thing that's really important this window, which no one's really mentioned, and, and I guess we're taking it a bit for granted. Finally, is that we've got a settled manager um, over the summer. You know, we haven't had a Pulis, you know, buggering off two days before the season starts, or Allardyce retiring and then turning up somewhere else, or spending all summer getting a new manager in like De Boer and then he's rubbish and he goes after five games or whatever it is. So, you know, having Roy in over the summer, not having to worry about that, knowing that he has a good idea of the squad that we've got, what players he wants, how he's going to fit them in. I think that's a very, you know, underestimated thing that we've got going for us this year because he, he was brilliant last year. He was absolutely brilliant. As we, you know, we all know we had so many injuries and that. Um, I think having him... Just knowing that we've we've got a good manager and all the players seem to really love him. And actually, uh, Terence, you you texted me over the summer when Wolf scored a, a cross shot worldie, and everyone was sort of joking that it was a cross. And and Roy took a there was a video of him taking a vote from all the players on the pitch, and it just shows that he can have fun. He's not like you know stroking egos. He's got the respect of everyone on the pitch. And there's little things like that that really make a difference to us, I think. And, and um, obviously, I'm really happy that he's here and, and looking forward to seeing what's what's going to happen as, as the season goes on. Yeah, I love that video clip of just the respects that Hodgson immediately commanded when he opened his mouth to talk. Everyone stopped and listened to him. And, um, you know, it's your superstar player who's been linked with a move away from the club and Hodgson's deliberately ribbing him and Zaha's loving every minute of it, you know, like throwing his arms up in the air, like with a big grin on his face. So it's, you can tell what everyone's eating out of the palm of his hand there. And that's a great thing. Um, and of course, I trust uh, Roy Hodgson a lot more than I, with hindsight, to be fair to Alan Pardew, but he did have a whole summer of seemingly knowing what he was doing. But um, we all know how that transition worked out. <laughs> um, Albert. Give the deadline, uh, well, not deadline day specifically, the whole window of rating out of 10 for Palace. 
Uh, I'm going to say uh, an 8 out of 10. So can I do halves? Can I go 7.5 out of 10? You can go 7.5 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. It would be slightly less, but I think I've got a good feeling about the, the Guaita signing. So I think just the fact that we've got a, a class goalkeeper is probably worth another sort of one and a half points. Okay, very nice. That was um, the, the time I met your wife. She told me you were a seven and a half out of ten. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. Heskiff, uh, what about you out of ten? Yeah, I, I think I give it an eight. Um, we've, you know, it's tough losing Kabai and Loftus Cheek. I actually thought Kabai would stay, to be honest. So that was a bit of a gutter when he left. But we filled we filled those gaps pretty well. Um, Got Guaiter in after I say a bit of bit of hand wringing over the summer uh, over the season. Um, yeah, ideally I would have liked another centre half. I think just to, to to shore it up in case of any injuries. Though um, apparently Kiate can play centre back if if needs be. So yeah, I think we've done quite well. We've we've replaced the players that we needed to replace, and we've brought in a goalie that we really needed. And Max Meyer's a bit of a bit of a coup. So yeah, good eight out of ten, I reckon. Yeah, I'm going to push it up a little bit. I'm going to say an eight and a half out of 10 because I think long-term we'll start to see uh, Max Meyer will really, really show, you know, we've basically signed a younger Johan Kabai in there. So I think that's going to be really, really important to us going forward. Um, I think Kiate were sitting deeper, were free Milivojevic up a bit more to sort of playing a more advanced role. We know that Milivojevic has a good range of passing. He's very tenacious in there. So if we could get him a little bit further up the field, he could cause a bit more havoc. And um, I can't say I'll get more goals than last season. That would be amazing if he did. But, um, you know, he's very, very dangerous in there. Um, I think that it's proven that Ayu is consistently at the top flight a better player than Sacco is. So he's a good replacement there. And, you know, we signed a goalkeeper who was part of a team that, got promoted to La Liga last season and conceded only 33 goals in 38 games. I don't think he played all 38 games, but the point still stands that, you know, that's a team conceding fewer fewer goals in games and that's pretty special for a newly promoted side. Um, so all in all, I think it's been an excellent transfer window. Uh, the only way I think it could have been better if we kept Loftus-Cheek, if we could have found a way to get him back. But obviously he's on his own journey, which is probably going to be to on loan to a European team when he realises that he's not very high up in the pecking order and nine centre midfielders that they have at Chelsea. So a little bit guided for them, a uh, guide for him not coming back. But there you go. So I think we'll end the transfer stuff there. Um, we'll go all more traditional after the break and we'll actually do a preview. Love our podcast. Listen to our live radio show on Love Sport every Thursday, 7 till 9 p.m., 5, 5, 8 a.m., DAB Digital Radio and online, lovesportradio.com. Right, so all the new signings have come in. The first question I'm going to ask, who's starting in goal on the weekend? Heskiff. If he's fit, I reckon Hennessy. Uh, <laughs> he, seemed, I, he, he seemed to play most of the friendlies that the rest of the sort of first team started mm. anyway. Um, and Guaita played against, you know, Ballroom Wood and Stevenage or whoever. But Hennessy was due to start against Toulouse, wasn't he? And he, he ended up not. So yes. is, he, is he injured? I, I, I only can only assume that he got injured in a warm-up. He's, his name was announced as starting all the way up to about 15 minutes before the game. And then... Um, yeah, as the teams are coming out, they announced that Guayfa would be starting instead. 
so maybe we can give him the benefit of the doubt on dropping the balls to the strikers' feet in the first ten minutes as well, because he probably wasn't expecting to start. I don't know if the microphone picked it up, but as soon as I said I, I thought Hennessy would start, loads of thunder and lightning just <laughs> popped up. So maybe that's a sign. And uh, <laughs> I'm talking. Yeah, it's the same here. So obviously we're we're only what less than a mile apart from where we live. So um, yeah, big big crash of thunder when you was um, saying that Hennessy was the one. Uh, Albert, what do you reckon? Uh. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hennessy just so I'm not disappointed if it is Hennessy. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of like having a bet on Palace to lose. So even either oh, yeah, way, you're well. happy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd love it to be greater. Um, you know, he's not he's not coming late in the window. It's not like we only signed him this afternoon. So there's an argument for easing him in. You know, he's been here, been here. Uh, you know, start of the window. He was, you know, had a, a cracking second half to last season, which is why we, you know, we're hearing the rumours about Barcelona coming in, et cetera, et cetera. Chuck him in. Let's just get him in. Mm, yeah, I think um, the only, obviously, sticking point could be that he's English. He obviously can't have Chris Grierson behind the goal translating for him the entire game. I'm not sure that would quite work. Uh, props to Chris Grierson on his on his use of Spanish. <laughs> he did kind of ruin the allure um, afterwards by saying that he was just reading it off an iPad and he didn't actually really know that much. Uh, so. But what does, what instructions does he need? Well, don't let a, don't let the ball in the net. You know what I mean? Like it's you're the goalkeeper. Yeah, but it's I don't know. Like you do need to talk as a goalkeeper. You need to instruct, talk about moving a couple of yards either way or repositioning yourself slightly. And I don't know how that's going to go down with um, a Frenchman and a Cockney playing at centre-back. There's going to be a lot lost in translation there for sure. But, you know, he'll, he'll obviously be in lessons a few days a week at least learning English. So um, I'm sure by the end of the season he'll he'll know enough English to be able to get by. Although saying that, not if um, me three years after learning German, I can just about ask for a beer. So <laughs> you'd think that would be the first thing you'd learn. Um, I think it's... Do you say please? Do you ask nicely? Uh, yeah, yes. I was going to say civil play there, but that's obviously French. Um, what's please in Spanish? Por favor, isn't it? Por favor. There you go. Um, oh, it's bunker in German. Bunker's just, yeah, thank you. Yeah. You were meant to reply with bitter. I was going to say, bitter. I'll have a bit. Yes, bitter is correct. That's it. Bitter. See, I can't even remember. A few weeks. Of, you don't even know that. No. Well, I do, but you know, in Shortigong is a good one. That's excuse me. What? Excuse, excuse me. me. What about Grada Aus? <laughs> Grada Aus. I know this is GCSE German, Albert. This... A straight ahead. Straight ahead. Yeah. Capital ten. Frank. <laughs> Chapter ten. Frank is ill. If you want. I think we're deviating a little bit, here, guys. Just a little bit, yeah. But, you know, we need to all learn German so we can uh, speak to Max Meyer after games, um, make him feel welcome. Willkommen in Crystal Palace. <laughs> uh, right, next one, another one that we're perhaps not so sure of. Uh, you can feel this, Albert. Waldor Wambasaka, who's starting at right back? Wambasaka. Wambasaka, no hesitation. No hesitation. Joe Ward played against Boreham Wood. Um, and he was, he, was, he was comfortable in... Uh, defence, you know, people rarely got past him, apart from when he sort of bombed on forward, which, you know, 
somebody else does need to come across and cover for that. But he gave the ball away hell of a lot, you know, and I'm not, I'm not talking trying to play really nice through balls. I'm talking sort of simple mm. 10, 12 yard passes in field. Um, and then he was on it, you know, obviously on the back foot chasing back. Um, I, I, you know, that's the only preseason game I've done. So I've not, I've not seen one Bissaka, but if he's, if he's anything near the form he was in during his sort of purple patch, you know, last season, then he needs to be in. Mm, yeah. Um, are you, much like you said, with Hennessy starting all the games that the first team has started, it did appear to be one per second in those games, Heskiff. So yeah, you excited for the prospects of him having an entire, se- an, an entire season? Yeah, I am. I mean, it's easy to forget that he's only played like eight games or something stupid. Um, he was great last year, thought he was absolutely brilliant. And whilst there were reasons for Roy bringing Ward in that we discussed periodically at the end of the year, I think this is the time now for, for Wan-Bissaka to be the first choice and, you know, be part of this really good football inside that we've become under Roy. So, um, yeah, I, I can't see him not playing, not starting against Fulham. Yeah, I think what's really integral, though, is having James McArthur in front of him. Um, I think McArthur was a huge help to him. He gives him a little bit more defensive support. Uh, he's very smart, McArthur, at reading the game and, understanding that, you know, if one is going forward, he's good at interpreting whether he's likely to lose it and drop in. I saw that quite a few games in t- times in the Toulouse game, for example, where MacArthur um MacArthur would support him with forward runs if uh Wambasaka had space and time to run. Um but if Wambasaka was running into a player and would have to beat him, MacArthur would drop off and more into a sort of right back position. So it's um, I think it's integral that he's there to support him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see in the games that MacArthur doesn't play how one Basaka stands up there because obviously Tompkins talks about it um, or there was the rumour that Tompkins wasn't very well towards the end of the season in a couple of games and that was why one Basaka didn't play because Tompkins was like, I need to concentrate on my own game, not on talking him through the game. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm not sh- I'm sure Roy will spot those things as well. I don't think he'll leave him like hang out there to drive. He's having a consistent run of poor games or whatever, but that's why we signed Ward on a new three-year contract because what better backup than than someone who's been at the club for a long time now, understands everything and how things goes and is obviously likes around the club as well. So I think we're really, really healthy in right-back position regardless of um, who plays. Um, I can't imagine that Max Meyer will play. Um, he hasn't had any sort of pre-season. He's going to be very unfit, obviously being unattached. So... I reckon it'll be a couple of weeks before we even see him on the bench. Uh, Jordan Ayew has had a bit of a pre-season despite missing training yesterday in their last game. Um, he's well-rested. <laughs> he's well-rested, yeah. Um, but do you see... Well, Kiate as well, I guess, who probably is a little bit more match fit. He obviously got time against Toulouse. But Albert, do you see any of those actually walking straight into the starting eleven, or do you think Roya will stick with the settled eleven that we, we've seemed to have had through pre-season? Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. 
With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, it's tricky, really. I mean, there's definitely a case for starting Kiarte. Um, like you say, he, he's, he's had a bit more of a pre-season. He's got bags of Premier League experience. So it's not, I think it's less of a risk, certainly, than playing Maya. Um, but I guess it depends what, you know, how, how Roy wants to approach it. If he wants to be a bit more cautious and try and hit him on the break, then I think Kiarte is a good, you know, just chuck him in there and, and let him and Lucas sit. And let the pacey wingers, you know, well, yeah, the pacey wingers sort of try and hit, hit Fulham on the break, and hopefully Benteke is sort of, you know, going to be there to, to pick off any any, any dead balls. But yeah, I, I'd be happy with either, really, to be honest. Like I say it's, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall into the trap of last season where you, you know, you think, oh, we're playing a newly promoted team. This should be, uh, you know, a, a point potentially, hopefully three. You know, Fulham have. From a good attacking side, and they've, you know, they, as we just discussed, they've they've splashed the cash. But maybe that works in our favour. That you know, they've got a lot of players to choose from now who won't have had much time to gel. So maybe it isn't, you know, to our advantage to stick with what we had at the end of last season as as best we can. Yeah, that, uh, Fulham have obviously spent a lot of money on a lot of players coming in, and I think we saw in our first season in the Premier League how I think that upset the apple cart quite a lot. We had a very tight knit unit. Um, a team that in the season before had gone several games in a row without actually having a manager and continued an unbeaten streak and so on. And, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie between, you know, players that get promoted together. And of course, you'd expect a few signings to come in and, you know, bolster what you have. But it looks like he's just basically gutted it and wanted to start again there. Um, Do you reckon that's going to play into our hands on the weekend, Heskiff? Yeah, it might do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. Um, firstly, who they're going to pick for their first game. Like, are, are all of these new new signings they've made in the last few days going to play, or is it going to be like us? And you think, well, you know, they've not been here long enough to start. If they do, are they going to gel? Are all of them going to be good on their debut? That sort of thing. Um, they, I mean, they looked very good going forward last year. Like Albert said, I watched a few of their games towards the end of the season, and they were they were really good to watch. Um, but it, they're just such an unknown quantity because, you know, like like Albert said, you can't just underestimate the team that, that came up through the playoffs because Huddersfield battered us last year and, on the first game. Um, and, and they had quite a few new players, to be fair. So it's really, it's a really tough one. I think we've looked good in pre-season, for sure. And I, I like the way we set our pre-season up where every game was was an opponent at a sort of little bit higher level than than the one before rather than going on some hong kong tour and playing west brom so i like i like the way that we've set up and we seem to be you know playing carrying on from where we finished last season which is great because you don't want to sort of stutter and and flop into the start of the season um yeah as for fulham i mean if it's anybody's guess really i just i just think if we if we play um, as well as we have been in pre-season, as well as we know we can, then we'll have a chance regardless, I think. But, uh, to, yeah, to try and guess what, what the Fulham side is and how they're going to play, I, 
you know, is is very difficult to do, I think, at this stage. Yeah, certainly. Um, uh, like I say, I think they're going to... Um, you'll see in my prediction how I feel uh, all of the signings are going to impact on Fulham, but we'll get to that shortly. Uh, just to finish up, um, I know you're going to the game, Heskiff. Uh, Albert, do you have the 5,000 million points needed to get a ticket for this game? Uh, no, I was just shy of points on this one, but it's not a bad thing because I'm actually working on Saturday, so I'll be keeping a keen eye on my phone. Is this a secret what you're working on, or you can can you divulge? Uh, it's a Spider-Man film. Oh. I don't know if it's secret. No one's told me not to say anything, so, you know. <laughs> uh, I think fanboys tend to know if those films are in production, don't they? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's, it's uh, no being, being that I'm one of them, yes, they do. Oh, there you go. Yes. But what you don't know, Heskip, is that Albert's actually playing Spider-Man. Well, he's wearing red and blue, isn't he, Spider-Man? So he's basically Palace. He's a South <laughs> London boy, Tom Holland. He's from he's from uh, he's from Kingston. He's from my ends. So, oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, so he's so he's a Palace fan then. I'm not sure. I haven't asked him yet. I'm 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 working up to that. All right, you I've need to. Um... Mark, so he technically he doesn't know who I am. Uh, <laughs> well, if you take in a, like a nice pack of um, dark chocolate digestives or something like that, have a cup of tea, make him your perfect cup of tea. I'm so glad you said dark chocolate digestives because people who like those milk ones, they're a bit weird. <laughs> um, or as they say on Twitter these days, need their hard drive checked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, <laughs> We'll end that there and then we'll be back after a short break to talk predictions. Check your hard drive. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Right, so um, I love it when there's a poll to delight Heskiff. We um, put a poll up earlier on Twitter. What's the result going to be? Win, draw or loss? I didn't go. I felt there was enough puns in the intro that I didn't feel any more puns were required in the um, results here. So 60% of you went for a win with 32% going for a draw. So if you do the quick math of 60 plus 32, um, Heskiff, how many people said we were going to lose? Is it is it 8%? <laughs> yeah. Were you in that 8%? <laughs> I actually wasn't. Oh, right. Okay. Well, hold fire there. We'll, he forgot um, to vote. <laughs> he forgot to vote. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to be negative from the first game. Um, but let's just get a few listeners' predictions. I'll write them off. Stephen Rod- wrote in, said 1-0 Benteke. Gary CPFC and Chris Russell both said 3-1 Benteke to score two and Zaha. Uh, Upper tier Steve, 4-0 Benteke hat-trick and a Luca penalty. Ben Long, 2-2, Benteke and Wilf. Gary Walton and Jagerbomb Chris also said 2-2, but with Maka and Wilf to score. Uh, Phil Morgan, 2-1, Benteke and Tompkins. Anna Lou, 2-1, Jimmy and Wilf. Nick Houghton and Simon Pizzi. That's back at the nest, Simon Pizzi, that is now. 2-1, Benteke and Zaha. Simon Griffiths, 2-0, Zaha with both. And finally, Dowell, 3-1, Luca Penn, Benteke and Zaha. What's um, astounding me there is a lot of people saying Benteke to score. Um, what did you think of his preseason, Heskiff? And do you think all of those, all of that confidence and faith paid him in there and those predictions is founded? Well, I don't think he's going to have quite as bad a season goal-wise as he did last year, that's for sure. Um, from what I've seen in preseason, because he hasn't played that many games, he's, he's looked pretty good. His, 
his goal was good against Toulouse and um, the, his play in the build-up to uh, Andros getting fouled for the penalty was was brilliant, you know, and it's what what we want from him. And he's sort of getting back to that uh, at the end of last season. So, yeah, I think he's going to have a good season this year, Ben Teke. Yeah, and I think... Um... Every single prediction bar one in there had, uh, or bar two, had Wilf to score. Um, Albert, do you just feel like he's going to score every time he takes to the field now? Yeah, I think um, he'll come into, you know, come into the start of this season, how he left the end of last season, just raring to go. You know, his, his immediate future has been decided. It never looked like he was pushing for a move away. Um, I think the for the for the team in general, the season ended at a bad time. You know, I think if the if the season had been a sort of four or five weeks longer, we could have gone on a, an even longer run. So, mm-hmm. I don't see what I don't see why we don't um, you know p- pick up where we left off. Really, I, I did want to listen back to the uh, preview pod for the Huddersfield game this time last year, <laughs> just to see what the, what the general feeling was and what the you know the poll results were, just to maybe inform my uh, expectations for this weekend, but. You know, there's no reason why we can't go there and win. Like I said, we, we're a good side. We've got a, a, a fitter team than we had um, for most of the last season. Like I said, hope, I'd like to think that, you know, as we said, all the influx of new players there means they're a little bit unsure as what their best eleven is. Um, and let's just hope we can go there and take advantage. Certainly. Um the rest of the back of the Nest crew, Hambo, Ed, Tim, Gusset, and Patrick have all gone for wins and the two mics have gone for draws. Um, Albert, furnish me with your prediction. 2-0 Palace. And who's getting the goals good, sir? Benteke and Luca. Mm. From the penalty spot or is Luca just, is it a free kick this time? Uh, let's see one. Of, I, I love those free kicks. Let's have one of those. One of those with Maka just screaming, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and Heskiff, what are you saying? I'm going one all draw, which is probably quite positive for me, but I, I just, I, I don't want us to lose. I just, I really, a draw all We do. played that last week. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed it. You walked straight into that one. <laughs> um, I think it'll be one all, and I think we'll full score. Okay, right. I am going for a whopping 4-1 win for Crystal Palace. I think we're in, we're just, I think we're in a much better place than they are. Um, We've got momentum going in from last season on a a much higher level to them. Um, I think we all know if the season went on longer than last season, um, we take the beginning out and add those seven games on the end, we finish much higher up the table. Um, I I just, I I think we're going to, uh, I had to pick one outrageous prediction for later, so it won't be this one. Uh, but I think we're going to score four goals on several occasions next season, four or more. Oh. I really do. Um, I think we have so much pace in our team now going forward. It's ridiculous. Ben Seke looks way fitter and just by law of averages, can't have a season like he did last season. So He would have but- to work hard to have a worse season than he would to have a good season. Yeah, it's exactly right. So... I think we're going to. I think this is the perfect start off for this season. Is so we're going to, with the memory of last season still fresh of losing three 0 to Huddersfield on opening day. There's going to be no complacency from the players there. With Zaha on the form he is, I think that yep, 
4-1 Palace because we because we will concede obviously because we're Palace but I'm going to go for a Zaha brace Ben Teke and James McArthur to score the goals so that's my <laughs> prediction and that's before we even get into the outrageous one right so just uh, as a little bit of something to look back on at the end of the season and either laugh out or slap ourselves on the backs and say wow what an amazing prediction that was um, we've picked out five key prediction points um, so Heskiff, I'm going to ask you for where are Crystal Palace going to finish in the table this season? I don't think anyone's going to like my answer. <laughs> uh, is it 17th? No, it's not quite that bad. I think we're going to finish 12th, but that's just because I'm miserable all the time. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I think every, I assumed you and uh, Terence were going to say like 8th or something. <laughs> well, I've gone 12th just to, just to bring the average down a bit. Right. Okay. So. Heskiff 12th, Albert. I've gone 11th. Oh, so not too far apart then. Far too positive. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Will it be uh, a Roy Hodgson 11th where it all starts off horribly and we come back? Or will it be a Pardew 11th where we start up in the Champions League places and drop down? Oh, Oh, what a choice. Uh, <laughs> is one of those better than the other? I can't really work it out. Um, I think the second one around is that the Hodgson way, obviously he didn't have the start to the season, uh, but obviously the Hodgson... Yeah, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want seven games, no goals, no points. So let's, let's just have a nice middle of the road, comfortable. Yeah, that was all right. Let's just have one of them, whatever that is, half and half. Okay, well, I've been... Sort of back and forth between two answers, and which are not much different. Um, because I'm one Peroni down now, and it's my birthday. I'm I'm going seventh. I think. Oh. We, uh, I, I I think we have a really good team this year, and with with Hodgson behind us, as long as nothing outrageous happens, no stupid injury crisis like last season. Uh, Touchwood Roy stays fit and healthy, you know, in his advanced years, and all of that business. Uh, I really fancy us to have a very, very good season. So, does that, does that mean your birthday suitcase is for when we go on the European tour, Terence? That's exactly what my birthday suitcase is for. Um, Let's just hope he's not in Germany because he won't be able to talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah, but what for those European tours? You got to make sure you save up for all those um, post-Brexit visas. You know, they're gonna they're gonna cost a lot of money on that Europa League tour when we're travelling around the likes of Greece and the far reaches of Russia. <laughs> Um, right, next prediction, please. Albert, how many teams will we do to double over next season? I've gone for a lofty five. Oh, <laughs> blimey, does that even add up with finishing 11th? Do you need to name them? That's 10 wins, 30 points straight off there. Uh, yeah, you can name, name them it? if you like. Watford, Huddersfield, Fulham, Cardiff, Southampton. Hmm. Southampton got Danny Ings on loan late in the window, uh, proving that all those twenty-four million pound Ings to Palace rumours were nonsense. Um, Heskiff, I reckon we're going to do the double over three teams this year, and I will also name them: Huddersfield, Cardiff, Burnley. Burnley, Burnley away. We're going to beat Burnley away. I think a lot for Burnley rides on if they make the Europa League. Uh, 
proper, if they make the Europa League proper, I think this could be a really, really tough season for Burnley. It's a terrible idea for them to go into Europe, isn't it, really? Yeah, mainly because they'd have to remove those lovely wooden seats at the new way end. <laughs> uh, the Europa League rules say that they can't have wooden seats. Um, so that's going to cost them about 40 grand to remove their seats, which is obviously drop in the ocean. Clearly majority for Brexit. So let's face it, their away turnout is going to be pretty poor. <laughs> no, come on. Like most of England away is probably Burnley fans, to be honest. So um, they'll, 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 they'll make the trips. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, I was going to go five. So then should I slot in the middle of the two of you or should I go ahead of Albert? I go five and I, I want to hear your five. Okay. I, I go five and I'm going Huddersfield, Brighton, Cardiff, um, uh, Leicester again, and I'll throw Burnley in there as well. That's my five. Do you think we'll do an eight goal, eight goal swing against Leicester, or are you going to be a bit tight, <laughs> bit tighter this year? Yeah, may, maybe a little bit tighter. It's just eight. It's amazing that you know that the whole um, Harry Maguire, as good as a World Cup he had, um, you know, the last four times I've seen him play, I think it's been five nil, three nil, three three, and three nil. Um, so the fact that he's talking about being the most expensive defender all time was just simply outrageous and I'm very glad that it hasn't happened. <laughs> uh, right, top scorer and how many goals will they score, Heskiff? Wilfred Zaha, 12. Albert? Benteke, 14. Okay, wow. I'm going Wilfred Zaha, 21. <laughs> how many Peronis have you had? <laughs> And uh, top assists, Albert? I've gone Zaha, seven. <laughs> Heskiff? Uh, I've gone Andros with nine. Mm, I've gone Andros with eight, so very close there. And finally, your outrageous prediction of the season. So, Albert, you can go first. Connor Wickham to play a game. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was half expecting him to go out on loan today, but um, I don't think that's that outrageous. I think he's um, he'll likely get a start. All right, Connor Wickham to play a game and finish a game. Okay, from start to finish. 90 plus. Wow. Okay, Heskiff. Um, well, I was going to say, Hennessy to get more clean sheets than Guaita this season. <laughs> just because I really want Guaita to be good after the man damned the debacle and it would yes. wind me up a lot if he wasn't but I suppose I don't know how outrageous my, my actual answer now is but I reckon Wolf's going to be up for like league player of the year okay I don't think that's that an outrageous yeah, prediction I think the only reason I say outrageous is because it tends to be like the top you know two or three teams who get their players in yeah, well, if my prediction of goals comes in, I'm sure it'll be up there. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and my outrageous prediction, and this is outrageous because, quite frankly, we've never done it. Um, I'm going plus goal difference um, in the Premier League for the first ever time. Um, I think with, you know, Tompkins and Sacco, Touchwood still unbeaten as a pairing at the back, adding in Guaita in there, the... Brilliant to Wamba Sacran's uh, Van Arnholt at fullback position at the moment, adding in a nice solid defensive midfielder in there, having Luca anyway, I think. Um, I think we're going to be a tough team to score against this season um, on a regular basis and 
will score a lot of goals going forward, as I've already said. So there you go. We'll we'll jot those down, and on the final uh, preview podcast of the season, we'll we'll play some clips on that and see uh, how well we we know or don't know stuff. Back of the nest match preview podcast. www.backofthenest.com and you wait a whole summer and then it's just over in the blink of an eye, lads. Um, the first show is in the books. Um, I thought you were about talking about making love. <laughs> yes, no. Um, I've now been married just over a year, so making love doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> um, although it is my birthday tonight, so who knows? Um, and yet you're recording a podcast. And you don't know how to say please in German. Yeah, review show this weekend uh chris hambo will be joined for the first time this season by mike scott dr and newbie chris clark um we haven't had good billiam in the background today producing don't worry he hasn't left us um he will be back next week. He's on holiday. Um, so thank you to producer Mikey in the background, uh, Mr. Clouds. Um, I'm sure he's made us out wonderful. And um, a little extra is Love Sports, which I believe will appear tomorrow morning into the podcast Outbox. And on BT Sports at the end of August... Um, if you look out for a new quiz show that comes on there, you may just see my face on TV, um, along with Jim Daly from the Five Year Plan podcast and Mr. Crystal Palace himself, Ben Long. Um, we were on it competing against Brighton fans. That's all I can say for now. But um, let's, just, let's just say it's um, it's worth the watch. So, Heskiff, Albert, thank you so much for joining I've missed you guys. You too, man. Looking forward to the season ahead. Well. <laughs> well. Yeah. I'll tell a lie. I've not missed Sam. Oh, yeah. Wow. There you go. Well. Anyway, until next week, up the palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.